by the fire presents a desperate soul by dave smale read for you by the author chapter 15 pastor billy was almost finished with his only scheduled counseling session that evening or so he thought the prissy young woman named Brittany was seated across the desk from him she was overly chatty going off on regular tangents. Just when he thought the session was wrapping up, she'd all of a sudden strike up a new conversation on a different subject. Sheesh, this gal's a space cadet, he thought at one point. She shifted the conversation from a spiritual victory she'd just experienced to an upcoming sale at a shoe store, describing it as lit, and admitted she was hype. Hyped? Billy asked, enunciating the hd sound. Hype, Brittany corrected. Billy furrowed his brow, suppressing a groan. I see. And the sale is lit? He asked. Totally, she answered. I rushed here after work for this, he thought. Then another thought occurred to him. Perhaps he could gain something useful from this meeting after all. Hey, do you know what happened to break up the teen and early 20s ministries? Billy asked. Nope. Something going on with Jeff, I guess, Brittany shrugged, smiling. Jeff had been the leader of both ministries. Billy had leaned on him. Maybe he'd leaned on him a little too much. Something going on with Jeff? Like what? I don't know, she said, shrugging again. Ask him. I can't. He won't return any of my calls. But you haven't heard anything? No, but one of my friends liked him. Crystal. Maybe she knows. I'll ask her. I was just talking to her today about the new Ulta that's opening up in town center. I'm so hype. Billy sighed, stopping himself from rolling his eyes. Then he looked over her shoulder and noticed Jacob standing outside his office. A wave of relief washed over him. Oh, wow. Looks like someone else is here to see me. Well, my wife and I can take you out for lunch if you need to talk some more. Maybe after church on Sunday. Just give Taylor a call and let us know. Brittany smiled, satisfied with that arrangement. She left his office, passing Jacob on her way out. She gave him a gleeful smile. He smirked in return. Hey, Jacob, come on in. Billy said, smiling warmly. He stood, gesturing for Jacob to have a seat. Jacob entered, panting from sprinting most of the way to the church. In his usual manner, he avoided eye contact and sat down without saying thank you or using any manners. You okay? Billy asked. Yeah, I ran here, he replied. Why? To catch you before you left. How did you know when I would be leaving? asked Billy. I figured this was your job, so you probably work like nine to five. I see. Well, not really. I still have a regular job that I work full time. Jacob looked surprised. Don't you get paid for working here? Nah, I could, but I don't take a salary. Don't want to be a burden to the church, you know? Anyway, how can I help? Oh, before I forget, my wife said she was able to get a hold of the funeral home. 
Looks like it'll be this Saturday. The church will cover the expenses, so no need to worry. I'll get you the info as soon as we finalize it with them. Jacob nodded. Is that what you came to ask about? Billy asked. Jacob shook his head. Okay, what's on your mind? Jacob fished his smartphone from his pocket. Three taps later, he held the phone screen up for the pastor to see. Do you know this girl? He asked. Pastor Billy had taken his glasses off during the previous counseling session, a habit he'd developed over the years any time he became flustered. His wife had pointed it out to him many times. He'd tried to stop, but it proved too difficult. Now he put the glasses back on and squinted at the phone for a moment. I can't really see you holding it kind of far away. May I? Pastor Billy asked, extending his hand to accept Jacob's phone. Jacob handed it to him, and he examined the picture. Uh, yeah, he said. She got involved with the youth ministry. I think... Oh, gosh. What was her name? Sheena, maybe? Shana, Jacob corrected him. That's right, Shana. I remember now. She came to church a few times, maybe a couple of months ago. Seems like she left at the same time a bunch of other young people did. Still don't know what happened there. Anyway, why do you ask? I need to know how to find her, Jacob said. Hmm. Okay, how come? Jacob shrugged. I just do, he said. Well, I'm afraid I can't be of much help, Billy answered. I haven't seen her since she last came. And let me tell you, Jacob, copping an attitude doesn't usually incline people to give you the answers you need. Billy grinned as he finished. Jacob grimaced. Attitude, he thought. Sorry, he said unconvincingly. Billy shook his head and chuckled. She may have filled out one of our visitor cards, but if she did, I'm not legally allowed to share her information with you. Jacob groaned. His eyes drooped. Billy saw discouragement written all over him. He thought it best to change subjects. How you doing, anyway? You still seeing those, uh... Monsters? Yeah, Jacob said. Okay. And I'm sure you still don't believe me, Jacob said. Actually, I think I'm starting to come around. I'm a little jealous, to be honest. I wish I could see them. No. You don't. Believe me. They're evil. And gross. Didn't you say you saw a couple angels too, though? Billy asked. Yeah. And now I've seen another one. Really? Look, Pastor, I can't tell if you're being serious right now or you're just making fun of me. But I'm really not in the mood. I just need to find Shayna. I I see. Well, look, relax. I'm not making fun of you. One thing at a time. So, Shayna, is she in some kind of danger? Asked Billy. Yeah. Well, no, not exactly. Pastor Billy sat back in his chair and removed his glasses again. You want to tell me what's going on, Jacob? Jacob's eyes darted as he considered whether to give the pastor details of his situation. It wasn't his business. Then again, Jacob needed his help. Of course, Pastor Billy already said he didn't know anything, so Jacob didn't need to tell him anything else. He could walk out right now. But what if Billy was holding back? What if he knew something? 
and wasn't going to reveal it until Jacob fixed his attitude and told him what was going on. That seemed likely. Plus, Jacob thought it would be somewhat relieving to confide in someone. This secret was eating him alive. Okay, so I got her pregnant, Jacob blurted. Billy's eyebrows shot up. Whoa, didn't see that one coming. Neither did I. She's three months pregnant. I didn't even know until a few days ago. I think she's going to have an abortion, Jacob said. Ah, Billy said, sitting forward. So really, it's the baby that's in trouble. Jacob nodded. Billy suddenly had an urgency in his demeanor. All right, well, now that I think about it, my wife may know if anyone has kept up with her whereabouts. Mind if I give her a call right quick? Jacob shook his head. Billy phoned Taylor, and within a few moments, he had two names and phone numbers written down. He phoned each of them. The first person didn't answer. The second person, a girl named Brittany, the same space cadet who was in the pastor's office when Jacob showed up, turned out to be a wealth of information. Evidently, Shana had conversed with her via text message that very day. The pastor hung up the phone and relayed everything he'd learned to Jacob. Shana had indeed quit her receptionist job at a car dealership the day before. She was moving to Chesapeake with, quote-unquote, a friend, and would be starting classes at Radcliffe University this fall. Unfortunately, fall was still two and a half months away. Jacob looked defeated. Tell you what, let me pray for your situation, Billy offered. Jacob was about to say no. He wanted to just forget the whole thing and walk out of the pastor's office without another word. Then he remembered what he'd seen at the oceanfront. That strange spirit king dude and an angel. They showed up when two people had prayed together. Jacob reluctantly nodded. Billy bowed his head, closed his eyes, and said a blunt, matter-of-fact prayer. He spoke it with confidence, as if God was not only aware of the situation, but would respond to his request. There were no fireworks as the result of the prayer, no ghost king, no angels. Still, Jacob was impressed. Well, I hope you find her. I think you will, Billy said, smiling. Thanks, Jacob managed. Now, back to these visions you're having. Would you... Huh, how should I put this? Would you mind if I tried an experiment? Jacob looked confused. What kind of... How about this? Want to go grab some coffee? Real quick? Billy asked. That's the experiment? Billy snickered. Not really. But, come on. I'll treat. Then I'll take you home. Okay? Jacob nodded. Fifteen minutes later, they stood in line at a new coffee shop called Cool Beans off Lynnhaven Parkway. The place had an earthy, hippie vibe to it. Bob Marley played in the speakers. Photos of classic rock stars like Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin lined the walls, as did a faux-vintage photo of a shaggy couple sipping coffee in a parked VW bus. A display of incense and essential oils were featured atop the case of daily baked offerings. The place was packed with everyone from students to executives to soccer moms. 
Billy turned to Jacob, who appeared to be in torment. His eyes darted to and fro. He kept his ears covered. What would you like? Billy asked. What? Can't hear you. Those things are really loud, he said. Several patrons glanced their way. The place was noisy, but the combined volume of the music, customers, coffee makers, and occasional blender were nowhere close to deafening. They ordered their drinks, and Jacob asked if they could sit outside. Billy agreed. The twilight cast a pinkish glow that hung in the air like fog all around them. A blazing summer wind sifted through the towering oak, pine, and sweet gum trees that lined the street like a parade crowd. The hot wind only amplified the sweltering humidity. Billy and Jacob hoped their iced beverages would bring some relief. Jacob chose the most secluded table he could find. Billy asked him to describe what he was seeing as they sat sipping their drinks. Jacob explained that the monsters were attached to most everyone, except for a few people. Those exceptions each wore the strange transparent body armor. He pointed to the nearby busy street in Haven Parkway and described the scene to Billy. Nasty behemoths following behind almost every vehicle, gurgling, laughing, mocking their subjects. He described the demons in detail, attempted to demonstrate their guttural language, and mentioned that they could switch their speech between their language and perfect imitations of whomever they were chained to at the moment. That last part intrigued Billy. What do you mean? he asked. See those two ladies at that table over there? Two middle-aged women sat at an adjacent table. Between them on the table was a pack of cigarettes and a lighter. Billy nodded. I'm going to go try to bum a smoke. The lady on the left has one. The other lady has two. Demons or smokes? Billy asked. Demons, Jacob confirmed. Or monsters or whatever. But I guarantee one of them will say no and the other one will ignore me. The demons will tell them to. Watch. Jacob approached the women and asked for a cigarette. One of the nine-foot monsters switched from a demonic to a female voice saying, Tell him no. The lady promptly obeyed in the same exact pitch and tone as if she'd been programmed. In a different but still distinctly female voice, the other lady's monster said, Just ignore him and he'll go away. She also did as her monster requested. Jacob walked back to Billy, saying, See? Billy looked interested but disappointed. That's impressive. They did exactly what you said. Wish I could have seen and heard him. Hey, I got an idea, Billy said. See the guy sitting at the table all alone? Billy motioned to the furthest table from them near the edge of the property. An older gentleman who looked as if he'd come from a day of teaching at a university, sipped a hot beverage while reading a thick book. Does he have any of those things with him? Billy asked. Oh, yeah, whoa. He's got like, hang on. Jacob counted. Eight. Eight? You sure? Asked Billy. Jacob counted again. A few of the demons looked over at him. Though he knew they wouldn't come at him, the fact they could look him in the eye still struck him with fear. Yep, eight, he replied. I've seen a few people around like that. Huh, 
Okay, well, I'm going to go talk to him. When I come back, let me know what you saw, said Billy. Okay. Jacob watched as Billy approached the man's table and introduced himself. The man regarded Billy with a nod, but didn't set his book down. As Billy began to speak, the monsters went ballistic, ordering their captive to dismiss Billy. One of the monsters said something about fairy tales, but it was drowned out amidst the chorus of other rantings from other demons. The man's expression turned smug, even howdy, while Billy spoke and the monsters continued their tirade. Jacob couldn't hear Billy or anyone else over the monsters. Finally, the man spoke. All Jacob could do was read his lips, but it wasn't hard to figure out what he was saying. After only a few seconds, the man shook his head and looked back at his book. The demons mocked Billy, celebrating their victory. Billy walked back to their table. As he approached, Jacob noted that the pastor's transparent armor seemed more pronounced than it had moments earlier. Unsure if it was his imagination, he said nothing. All right, what happened? Billy asked. You really made those things mad. They were all yelling at the guy for him to make you go away and something about fairy tales. Billy laughed. <laughs> yep, that's basically what he said. And you said he's got eight of those things with him. Jacob nodded. Wow, now that's remarkable. Jacob looked confused. Pastor Billy explained. Jesus said that when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, then it walks around in dry places seeking rest but finding none. After a while, it says, I'm going back to where I was cast out of and see if I can get back in there. When it goes back, it finds the person's house is all clean, swept, and in order. It says, I'm going to go get seven of my more evil demon brothers and come back here. So the last state of the man is worse than the first. Uh, so what's that mean? asked Jacob. Well, in scripture, a house is sometimes used as a metaphor for the human heart. And I don't mean the physical organ. Hot as in, you broke my heart, or you'll be in my heart, or my heart will go on, or don't tell my heart my achy breaky heart. Okay, I get it, Jacob said, weary of the pastor's terrible attempt at pop culture references. Anyway, it means that the demons gotta go if a person accepts Jesus as their savior. The problem is that, for a lot of people, their experience with Jesus ends right there. He comes in, fixes their problems, then they say, Thanks for the help, Jesus. Now leave me alone so I can go get on with my life. They find out not long after that, their life begins to spiral out of control worse than ever. Then, ironically, they blame either God or the church for not doing enough. That last part isn't in the Bible. That's just been my experience. That guy, Billy said, motioning to the man with whom he just spoke. Is a backslider. He pretty much told me so. A uh, backslider? Jacob repeated. He recalled hearing the term, having been to church with Tilda so many times, but he failed to remember what it meant. Ah, sorry. A backslider means he was once a Christian, but now he's slid back into his old ways. And now he's... Worse than he was before, Jacob said, an ancient light bulb flickering to life in his mind. 
than before he ever knew Christ. Yep, you got it, Billy confirmed. Wait, so he told you he was worse than ever? Jacob asked, quizzically. Oh, no, he'd probably never admit that. He told me, and I quote, I used to be one of you, but now I've matured. I no longer believe in fairy tales. Man, if that's what maturity looks like, count me out, Jacob said. The two shared a laugh. Jacob went on to tell Pastor Billy about what he'd seen on the oceanfront, along with everything that had taken place since. It took him nearly 20 minutes to recount it all. Pastor Billy's eyes widened as Jacob spoke of the spirit guy that turned into an ancient king, who'd appeared, embraced two praying women, then disappeared. Wow! You know what that means? Billy asked excitedly. Uh, no. I saw a ghost? Billy laughed. (laughs) Hardly. It means you saw Jesus himself. He said that when two or more are gathered together in his name, he'd be right there in the midst of them. Man, wow. I know you said that this ability of yours may not be so desirable because of the demons, but I got to tell you, Jacob, I am truly jealous. If I could get to see Jesus once in a while, I'd say that makes it all worth it. Jacob wasn't sure what to make of what Pastor Billy had just said, so he continued his account of the oceanfront incident. Billy was especially pleased to hear that the people from his church were the only ones wearing the body armor. Well, Jacob, Billy said, a pleased laugh escaping, I gotta tell you, you've pretty much got me convinced. You're definitely seeing into the spiritual arena. Which, by the way, I fully believe is an answer to your grandma's prayer. Did you happen to look up that Bible story I told you about? Jacob looked at the ground, embarrassed. He'd completely forgotten about it. It's okay. I figured you hadn't. I actually went home that night and looked it up myself. I was a bit surprised by what I found. Check this out. Pastor Billy whipped out his smartphone and opened the Bible app. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse... Uh... He said, scrolling with his thumb. Here it is. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Whoa, that's the same thing my grandma said. Open his eyes that he might see, Jacob said. Billy looked up. Yep, but it keeps going. The pastor looked down, found his place, and continued. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So, when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Billy looked up again. So it doesn't say expressly here, but I think it's safe to assume that the striking with blindness was done by the drivers of the chariots of fire. Jacob nodded, a look of understanding crossing his face. But here's the part that got me, Billy continued. When you first came to me with the story, I thought, yeah, right. 
you were coming off being high. So I almost dismissed it just based on that. I thought, why would God allow an unbeliever to see such visions? Come to find out, that's precisely what happened in the Bible. The prophet Elisha's servant, the one who saw the vision, was basically an unbeliever. Which makes sense to me now that I think about it. God wouldn't need to give a vision like that to a believer. They already believe. Now in the story, it never actually tells us whether Elisha's servant became a believer after seeing the chariots. I would assume he did, but it doesn't matter to us now. Billy leaned forward, rested his chin on his hand, and said, The question is, what about you? Jacob looked perplexed. What about me? he asked. You can see into the supernatural world, right? Jacob nodded petulantly. You can see demons, the pastor continued, and make no mistake, that's what they are, demons, not random monsters. You see them tormenting people, telling people what to do, what to say, and basically ruining their lives. Yeah, Jacob agreed. It's awful, right? Well, yeah, totally. And you want no part of that for yourself, right? Billy asked. Jacob nodded. And you say that, as far as you can tell, the only people without demons attached to them are Christians, Billy said. Jacob hesitated. Uh, People with armor, he said a moment later. But the people with armor are Christians from what you've told me, Billy said. Jacob's expression changed. He conceded the point and nodded. So, Billy continued, back to my question. What about you? Can you tell whether you have any demons attached to you? Jacob's eyes widened. How was it that he'd never considered that possibility? The realization came upon him like a flood breaching a levee. It was more than just a possibility. It was a certainty. He swung around to check if there was one behind him. I... I can't tell. Would you have to see him to believe it? pastor asked. Jacob knew how fast the things could move. They could understand everything he said, and therefore knew that he'd be able to see them. That meant they'd know and be able to hide before he could turn around. I don't... Jacob trailed off, shrugging. Jacob, are you wearing any body armor? Jacob looked down and fidgeted. His foot bounced up and down, and he unconsciously tapped on the table. Pastor Billy waited for several silent moments before realizing he wasn't going to get an answer. Okay, well for now, why don't I take you home? It's getting late, Billy said. For that, Jacob needed no persuasion. The two tossed their empty drinks, got into the pastor's car, and headed for Jacob's house. It was only seven minutes away, but long enough for Jacob to do some soul-searching. They pulled up to Jacob's house. All right, hope to see you again soon. You should come join us for church on Wednesday. For now, uh, just keep trying, I guess, Billy said. Trying? Jacob looked puzzled and then realized what the pastor meant. Oh, you mean to see if I have one of those attached to me? Yeah. I don't need to try, Jacob said. This time it was the pastor who looked puzzled. 
I'm sure I've got one. Maybe more. Thank you so much for listening to By the Fire. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you rate this podcast? Maybe go on Spotify or Apple or wherever you like to download your podcasts and just leave me a rating. Five stars would be nice, but I want you to be honest. Also, did you know that you can support this podcast? Yes, by more than just subscribing, which, by the way, why don't you subscribe while you're at it? <laughs> anyway, go to anchor.fm forward slash by the fire with Dave slash support. It works kind of like Patreon, if you're familiar with that. Any generous financial donation you make, don't worry, I'm not going to keep it. And you can read all about that in the show notes. Thank you again, and God bless you. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental.